0: Growing Up Skywalker, my name is Anna. And I'm Sam. And folks, we are starting, officially, the first two episodes of Season 7 of The Clone
1: Wars. The Chad Batch! The Chad
0: Batch! So we're covering The Clone Wars Season 7, Episodes 1 and 2, The Bad Batch, and A Distant Echo. Chad
1: Batch!
0: (laughs) Fortune Cookie, embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole.
1: I'm so excited for Chad Batch. I'm
0: literally already crying. <laughs> Send help. Oh, no. <laughs> so the plot of the Bad Batch, buckle up. A lot happens mm-hmm. in this episode. One of the Republic's largest shipyards, Anaxis, is under attack from none other than Admiral Trench.
1: Who ha- is still alive, obviously, from the events in season six.
0: And season one, more yeah. importantly. Anakin and Mace Windu have been leading the counterattack, but the Republic is losing
1: Because badly. the Separatists are using big air quote, analytics.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hashtag data. Yeah. Rex and Cody think they know why the attack is going so poorly. They think that the Separatist droids have figured out how Rex plans his strategies and they're using that algorithm to predict the Republic's every move.
1: They replaced him with the machine.
0: <laughs> so Rex and Cody get permission from Anakin and Mace to go behind enemy lines into the separatist cyber center, say that three times fast, to see if they can figure out what's going on. And they are taking with them Clone Force 99. Nice. I have literal heart eyes coming out of my <laughs> face right now. Quote-unquote, they call themselves the Bad Batch.
1: So to introduce the Bad Batch, their ship comes rampaging in onto the landing pad. It's this beautiful, cool ship. And then they all pile out and we get introductions to all of the Bad Batch.
0: They come down the gangplank in black and red armor looking like trouble. So, Clone Force ninety nine is a bunch of quote unquote defective clones with desirable mutations. Mm-hmm. They are the extra delicious wonky M and M's from the M M&M and M factory. Yeah, the,
1: the triple M M&M. and M.
0: Cody and Rex brought Kix and Jesse with them for this mission from the deserter arc, and Con- then
1: congratulations on Jesse and his promotion to ARC trooper as well.
0: Yeah, Jesse, woohoo! And then we meet Hunter, Wrecker, Tech. And Crosshair.
1: So Hunter is literally Solid Snake. He wears a red bandana. Everything about Bad Batch is like skull themes. They have skulls and crossbones and everything. And Hunter has like a long mullet and a five o'clock shadow. He
0: looks like he came straight out of an 80s guerrilla warfare movie. Fantastic. Wrecker is very tall and very swole.
1: And very ham.
0: He has the muscles. (laughs) Tech is very smart. And Crosshair is very creepy.
1: Uh, yeah, you get to see a lot more of his stuff later. He's a freaky good shot.
0: Yeah. Emphasis on freaky. Yeah.
1: And he's got prematurely gray hair. And then Tech wears, like, glasses.
0: Yeah, they're all very different looking. Yeah. So everybody hops into a shuttle. The Separatists shoot them down before they can get to the Cyber Center. And when they get swarmed by battle droids, the Bad Batch goes... Damn.
1: Uh, So importantly, in this crash, Cody gets hit or underneath the shuttle and they're like, step aside. Wrecker just lifts up the shuttle like an entire L-A-A-T, one of those big gunships, so that Cody can get free. Then the droids are coming in and they say, we'll we'll take the fight to them.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about this fight in... Extraordinary detail later. Suffice okay. to say, Hunter calls out Plan 82 Shockwave, and they just demolish the entire battalion. It's
1: extremely cool. It is
0: my favorite thing in the history of the entire universe. The so that's good. Mm-hmm. The not so good news is that they twigged Admiral Trench onto their unorthodox methods, and Cody was injured, so they have to leave him behind with Kicks to get evac'd. Mm-hmm. And when the remaining Bad Batch plus Rex takes one of the Separatist outposts, they intercept a signal. There is a whole platoon of Separatist droids headed their way. Trench radios the battle droids as the Bad Batch is converging on the Cyber Center to be like, an attack is coming. And they're like, an attack is coming? When? And then the attack comes and... (laughs) BAM!
1: Cuts off the interception as the droid gets shot in the head. The
0: Bad Batch is picking them off like fish in a barrel. Phenomenal. They storm their way through the cyber center from the back to the front. Cody and Tech look through the main computer for the algorithm that the separatists might be using to predict the Republic's attacks. Mm -hmm. But it's not a program per se. It is a live feed coming from Skacko Miner. And when tech asks who's on the other end of the feed, they get an answer, CT1409. Echo!
1: Because earlier on, Rex had pointed out that he thinks Echo might still be alive, but he wasn't willing to say that in front of the Jedi. Because
0: Echo was the only one from his original crew who knew how Rex formulates battle plans, right? Yeah. So we thought Echo died back in the Citadel arc. Way back. Way back in Season 3, and then... We get this bombshell. Mm -hmm. So there's this huge sweeping orchestra piece playing. They're fighting their way out of the center. Crosshair swoops down to grab them all in a speeder. And we close the episode on Rex saying, that was Echo's number. He's alive.
1: And Trench saying, they figured out that there was a signal going to Skako Minor. This is very bad.
0: And then we cut to Season 7, Episode 2, A Distant Echo.
1: So... The search for truth begins with belief. Uh, Anakin is skeptical of this mission, but he's willing to to go for it. But first, he has to go on a call. He's like, hey, Rex, I got to do that secret thing. And Hunter's like, I'll just wait in the car. This is fine. Rex
0: is like, we don't have time for the thing. And Anakin's like, we definitely have time for the thing.
1: The thing is, he goes into the barracks and phones (laughs) Padme, who is (laughs) visibly. He, yeah, Padme is visibly pregnant, by the way. And everyone kind of looks different. Padme looks a lot more like she does in episode three. Anakin's hair is much longer. Padme
0: is prego my ego. Yes,
1: yes and he uh Anakin's like I think Rex is getting too emotionally involved in this mission and Padme's like now where did he learn that it's actually so great meanwhile Rex is outside watching guard when who should show up but Obi-Wan who's like uh hey where's Anakin and Rex like he's inside spot checking my equipment Anakin comes out hands Rex's helmet and is like yep everything's squared away and Obi-Wan's like say hi to Padme for me <laughs> on to (laughs) him. Totally on to him. So they get aboard the ship, learn a little bit more about the Bad Batch, and they land on Skako Minor being traced by dragon riders. It's
0: this cool, like, blustery, mustard-colored fog planet. Yeah. With a, quote unquote, primitive race of people called the Poltex, who worship dragons, which if I lived on a planet with dragons, I would also worship them.
1: But speaking of worshiping dragons, they're attacked by dragon riders, and one (laughs) of them picks up Anakin and runs off, where Crosshair shows his utility, where he pulls out his sniper rifle, aims a grappling hook at the dragon from like 500 freaking yards and hits it. And then Hunter's like, See ya! And gets yeeted off behind the dragon. <laughs> Just
0: goes for a dragon bag ride.
1: The dragons are like trying to fling Hunter off, but he's able to run along the cliffs as he's getting dragged behind this dragon. So cool. They land at the Poltec City, where Tech is able to start translating after they come in and very like aggressively disarm everyone with lasers. And now they're having a talk, and that talk involves... Hey, we're the Poltex. They're they're these very long lanky skeletons. Very people. like
0: avatar meets Nigerian yeah. kind of vibes.
1: Yeah. But they don't like the uh Skakoans and the separatists either, so they'll have some scouts lead them there so they get to this enormous tower where we learn that uh, Wrecker's afraid of heights. And we we climb aboard the Enormous Tower in a stealth mission, which Wrecker's like, oh, I hate that. And immediately proceeds to beat up every single droid in the room.
0: It was meant to be a stealth mission. They go in guns blazing. Rex
1: and Anakin are like, oh, whatever. The signal that they're tracing, Tech is tracing the signal for Echo, is fading in and out. And Echo theorizes that it's only when Echo is actually communicating. So they split up to try to find it. Eventually, they all meet up in a room, and Tech and Rex start going into the room where Echo is hopefully, while the rest of them are fighting a defensive action.
0: Spoiler alert, it was a trap.
1: I mean, the whole thing's been a trap the whole time. But they get in there, and they find the computer in this beautiful Art Deco steampunk room, and in the wall is a pod. They open up the pod, and they're like Neo in the Matrix, plugged in, is... Echo.
0: Just a pale body falls out with cables all over. Like, the arm looks wonky. Uh-huh. There's just little plug-ins all over. No memory of anything after the Citadel.
1: And he's, yeah, he's saying, get to the, the shuttle. We have to leave the Citadel. And then roll credits.
0: Well, first Rex cradles him and says, just sit tight, Trooper. You're going home. Yeah. And that is the first half of the Bad Batch arc.
1: So... A lot has happened and we've met some real charming characters.
0: I love them.
1: I knew so it. So I knew you would. Much.
0: They're 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 my they're my bad batch. Yeah. They're mine now. They're yours now. They're mine. These are this is my bad batch. I'm literally obsessed with them.
1: You can see why little light spoilers here. They had got their own spin-off show.
0: They deserved nothing less.
1: It's funny because I've watched the Bad Bats show more recently, and they were pretty hammed up in these episodes. The They're a little bit less hammy as they go on. See, they're, they're I love still, the ham. I mean, it's definitely still ham, but you're, you're coming into who the characters are.
0: Mm-hmm. Like in
1: the very first episode, there's a few things where Wrecker is not afraid of heights. And then they're like, we should make him afraid of something.
0: Mm, yeah, super fair, super fair. I'm going to swear real quick. Cover your ears if you have little ones. This was a hell of a way to start season seven of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. It's someone fun. tell
0: me why the first fight scene had me crying. So
1: this first fight scene, they fly in, they crash. Wrecker is laughing maniacally as they're crashing. Then, and the crash is because these like spider droids, the little uh, four-legged ones, with the dome heads, shoot down their ship, hit the cockpit. They land in this canyon. And the canyon has a crystal floor. And what we learn is that this Anaxes planet is a crystal planet. Like, oh. Because every other scene when like a tank is making its way through the woods, you hear the, the tinkling of shattering crystals from the trees. I did
0: think that was a very beautiful detail. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the – and I have seen, you know, the sequel movies once. And it reminded me of the cool crystal salt foxes yeah. from The Last Jedi. Yeah,
1: a, a crystalline life form is such a fun thing to do that you can – You can do with like CGI, but it's ludicrously expensive. But it's something that um, calls back to one of the original series Star Trek episodes. Mm. When people are like, what if there's non-carbon-based life? It's like, yeah, what if? That'd be cool. And now it's like, this is set dressing in a Clone Wars episode, (laughs) which is very fun. But this first fight, they land, and the L.A.A.T. is flipped, and Cody's underneath it, so... Wrecker flips it over and then he takes the door and this is what shockwave formation is. Wrecker is holding one of those L-A-A-T doors in front of them with the slats.
0: Yeah, so they're side by side by side by side Mm -hmm. and Wrecker is like lifting and dropping the door as their blockade as they just advance towards this entire platoon of droids.
1: Tech is calling out coordinates. Hunter is throwing grenades in the air To those coordinates with like meter precision. And
0: then Crosshair is like skeet shooting them out of the sky.
1: Which does like the maximum aerial burst on their drone popper grenades. So they're able to just get super close. Then when they start getting surrounded, Wrecker proceeds to live up to his name. And he beats (laughs) up a spider droid with this door he's carried the whole time. He just grabs it and he shoves it in its face and he just squishes it.
0: Phenomenal. And then Hunter has this like electro knife and he just stabs it into the eye of the other spider droid.
1: Yeah, yeah. They all have electro knives, although Hunter is a huge fan of using his uh because he's just a, a sneaky guy like that.
0: It's just you see like 50 droids marching on them and you're like Oh no! Oh,
1: it's it's like a hundred. It's and like a whole freaking battalion.
0: You look at your watch and it's been seventeen seconds, and it's like, where did they all go? They're gone.
1: And Rex is like, I've I've seen like that many droids killed that fast when I had Anakin and Ahsoka and air <laughs> support. Like that's a lot of droids in a hurry. It's-
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. I understand why people got so hype when these episodes rolled out after six years. There was like no slinking back for this show. They -hmm. just came in guns blazing. Yeah. This was movie cinema quality TV.
1: It's also... A fun bit of fan service to have the Bad Batch be Clone Force ninety nine. Oh my god! If
0: you don't think I started crying as soon as they said it, then you don't know me at all. (laughs) Just the tears coming down my face.
1: And even Rex was like, "Nice touch. I like that." Which is sort of a call out to the writers as well as to you know.
0: Oh yeah, it's like um, when you're reading a novel and someone's like, "Oh, that was very clever," and you know, it's the writer being like, "Yes, I am very clever." (laughs) Actually, because I can talk about the Bad Batch all day, mm-hmm. I want to zoom out a little bit and then we can zoom back in. Sounds good. But I have some big questions.
1: Okay.
0: We've never heard of Anaxis before. No. So, like, what is going on here? Why are we on Anaxis for this arc?
1: It's one of the Outer Rim sieges. And the fact that it is, it seems relatively close to Skako Minor, I was actually doing some research into the Skako system, which mm. I think is important. So, There are two Skakko planets, Skakko and Skakko Minor. Mm -hmm. The Skakkoans. Skakko the greater and
0: Skakko the minor. Yeah. (laughs) Skakko the lesser and Skakko the not lesser.
1: Uh, So the Skakkoans is the species that Wat Tambor is. Oh,
0: okay. But
1: Skakko Minor is, uh, got at least in this area of it, the Poltex.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Our cool avatar folks. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And so it seems that the Skatkoans live at the bottom of this methane planet. So they have a very thick, noxious atmosphere, but it's very rich. And what they've ended up doing was really leaning into the technology aspect of things. And they are the forge of industry for the separatists, but they're also the forge of industry for the Republic.
0: okay. Okay. Because my big question was... I vaguely remember hearing the name Wat Tambor, but it's been so long since we watched Attack of the Clones Mm -hmm. that I don't remember. I don't remember who Wat Tambor is and and what the Techno Union is doing.
1: Okay, so we most recently saw Wat Tambor in a a cell, but before that, we saw him (laughs) in the Siege of Ryloth. Oh, that episode where Mace Windu and
0: one finale
1: to clunged scouts proceed to beat up a fortress.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Mace
1: is like, this is actually a co-op mission. I need someone to hold this button while I beat up everyone.
0: (laughs) And free all the Twi'leks, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So in that one, uh, Wat Tambor was going to be the emir of this planet and decided uh, because he got captured. But he, Wat Tambor, is convinced of the Techno Union's neutrality. Right, right. Which is a key plot point when trench is like hey a bunch of clones are showing up he's like but we're neutral and he's like i don't know if they actually have orders or not like they might just be rogue clones which in fact they are so
0: yeah i felt like this was important ground to be covering because we're getting so perilously close to revenge of the sith yeah and so i could not remember the link between the techno union and the separatists Mm -hmm. but i could surmise that it was close because Wat Tambor, and ostensibly the Techno Union, are the ones who have Echo in this stasis pod. But there's a seamless transfer of information between Echo and Admiral Trench of the Separatists.
1: Yeah. So the Techno Union provides military arms and armament for both sides, but they provide more for the Separatists. And so I'd imagine that Anaxis is on the Outer Rim because this is the first canonical time that it's referred to as the Outer Rim Sieges in the call between Anakin and Padme.
0: Yeah.
1: And so they're sieging down this planet, which is one of the major shipyards for the Republic. Presumably, it's operated by the Techno Union, and the Techno Union is playing both sides because they don't really care if their shipyard gets destroyed, honestly. It's a capital write-off for them, you know? Because they're, they're just in it for the money.
0: It kind of reminds me of... How the banking clan is also playing both sides between the Separatists and the Republic, loaning out to both of them. Okay, so it's the same with the Techno Union. It
1: is. And yeah, the Separatists is a movement of like all of the forces of capitalism versus all the forces of feudalism. But the forces of capitalism are also fueling both sides. And
0: there's just, I. It, this reminds me that there's a lot of big bureaucracy in Star Wars.
1: Yeah, surprisingly so. Because yeah. it doesn't really seem like it, but I guess that's because the only interesting, the only worthwhile place to tell a story is the most interesting place, and none of that would be interesting to the audience of Star Wars. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's, it's a Western, it's a samurai, it's all this stuff. I mean,
0: we like talking about politics and economic theory, but not everybody does. I recognize this, it's fine. Also,
1: that's the kind of thing where you start to, like, make these assumptions and they fall apart under scrutiny. Whereas if you talk about very silly clones,
0: you can do whatever
1: you want with very silly clones.
0: I'm just going to say, I think George Lucas and I have similar taste in Clone Wars episodes because I loved Padme's funding the war arc. And, Uh like, I'm always really into, like, let's go hang out with a banking clan. But, yes, I also love clones and Love the Bad Batch.
1: Did you hear the shout out to Heavy?
0: I did. Indeed, I did. Rex is grieving all of his fallen clone Mm -hmm. brothers. And he was like, first it was Heavy, then it was Echo, then it was Fives. I've lost all my brothers. And I'm like, yeah, those are all my favorite clones. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Heavy. That's a season one callback.
1: I don't win. So Heavy. Heavy
0: sacrificed himself on the Rishi Moon station.
1: Yeah. Uh, to
0: warn the clones on Kamino that there was an incoming...
1: Invasion.
0: Invasion, and then Clone 99 sacrificed himself when Kamino was under attack.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that Hardcase didn't get a shout-out. I th-
0: Kind of did. Hardcase might actually be my favorite clone. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Hardcase
1: is the one who was a clone of Heavy instead of a clone of Yes. And I feel like continuing that lineage of clones, they probably cloned Hardcase and Heavy to make Wrecker.
0: Yes. (laughs) Indeed. Okay. Do you want to talk about the Bad Bats? Of course.
1: I mean, that's the title of the episode. It's the title of the arc.
0: I want to talk about the Bad Batch so bad. I might never stop talking about the Bad Batch.
1: Well, you're in luck. They have their own TV series, which is really good because recall that season seven, all of this occurs entirely after Rebels.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: And so in a way, after season five of The Clone Wars the animation for Star Wars split into directions. You had the Rebels lineage and then the Clone Wars lineage. And the Clone Wars li- lineage had some, some spells in the dark. They did the Season 6, which had been written ahead of time and was released Wampus. And then later after Rebels, you had enough coming together to say, we want to have the definitive Clone Wars finale.
0: They got that good Disney Plus money.
1: They did. And when you are on Disney Plus now, it is... Clone Wars, the final season, season seven, Mm -hmm. it brings it all together. Mm -hmm. And so after that, they started the Bad Batch TV series in the lineage of the Clone Wars.
0: Right, right, right. So production order was happening different than in-universe chronological order.
1: A little bit, yeah. Um, Because Rebels takes place like 15 to 17 years after this.
0: Yeah, so they're coming back to the Clone Wars for this one.
1: They are. And there's definitely some interesting stories to tell. And the Bad Batch are a really cool way to tell that story because as we see in this initial opening Shockwave 82 Hut Hut Hike fight, (laughs) that the Bad Batch are incredibly competent.
0: I thought ARC Troopers were the clone trooper army elite. And it turns out it's an unlisted special forces group with wonky personalities and, like, no reporting structure.
1: That is so neatly evaded at the beginning of the second <laughs> yeah. episode. because Who do you report to? And they're like, oh, you know, like, what, <laughs> what is reporting to people anyway? Like, <laughs> what is hierarchy?
0: Yeah. Never heard of it. So
1: they've worked with Cody before. But Cody's out of the fight now because mm-hmm. he got his guts crushed. So they just kind of, they have their own very slick ship and just kind of go wherever they're called to solve problems. Yeah,
0: they got called back from some kind of crazy mission on a different planet where they had to de-stinger some queen bee <laughs> alien race. And then all of the males, and this uh, is a direct verbatim quote, were trying to mate with us.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that because it started to show the fun parts of tech's personality because mm. tech was tech is like, in addition to all the males trying to mate with you, it's important to note that the queen stinger is a delicacy on some planets. And I'm
0: like, thank you, tech. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, because that's kind of his jam. He also he's funny because he apologizes for taking too long to open doors. <laughs> and you can see Anakin be like, R2 would take like a minute to open that. and You took like four <laughs> seconds. That's impressive. I am impressed. So, all of the Bad Batch
0: clones look very different, sound mm-hmm. very different. Hunter's voice, because Hunter's the first one we meet, he's got the cool face tattoo, the red bandana, the mullet. He has a very, very soft voice. Mm-hmm. And it's almost discernibly the regular, like Django Fett, Boba Fett clone voice, mm-hmm. but it's so different because it has to be, the volume has to be boosted up so that it carries.
1: Yeah, and he's the one who probably looks the most like a normal clone.
0: Maybe he's pretty lanky.
1: He's he's skinnier. Yeah. But compared to Tech and Crosshair who are much skinnier, he's got he's got the right jawline.
0: Yeah. You know how everyone has like a formative movie star crush in their childhood uh-huh. and how mine was Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. I think if I was growing up in 2020, it would probably be Hunter. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. His thing does it for me.
1: The uh the social media for Bad Batch on like Instagram, every, every account and everything has occasional like thirst posts on which Bad Batch character, because they're all so charming in their own way. And yeah. they all represent really cool aspects of masculinity. I yeah.
0: Think. So Wrecker is enormous. He's got biceps, like a bag of lemons. And
1: he's fun.
0: Yeah. And he's blind in one eye.
1: And he like, he he's utterly fearless. Like he's he's tactically sound, but he's like, Yeah, we gotta go. And it's not because he wants to quit fighting. He's just like, yeah, like there's a mission on. I understand there's a mission on. His
0: workout routine is he will like power lift a droid with one arm and Uh, like be eating a chicken leg with uh, the other. It's
1: it's a gonk droid. (laughs) It's it's making gonk noises as he lifts it. Gonk, gonk, gonk.
0: I missed that. Oh my
1: god. (laughs) And he just does that for fun.
0: Crosshair has, you know, the silver fox thing going on. He's also got a very soft voice, kind of like a poncy British accent.
1: Uh, Yeah, slightly different accent. Very menacing. He has a bullseye around one of his eyes. Mm, a he's got like
0: the crosshair tattoo.
1: And he has a very narrow chin in comparison. Mm. And he's also always chewing on a toothpick.
0: Yeah. And then Tech also has a very thin face and he's pretty skinny as well.
1: Yeah. And so something that is interesting about them is that they seem a fair bit whiter than normal clones. They do, they do.
0: And I remember reading that I think there was a, a special preview of the Bad Batch series in twenty fifteen that mm-hmm. didn't make it all the way through production, but they released some of it. Yeah. And Dave Filoni went on the record to say the Bad Batch looked too different from each other. So they actually went and scrapped those designs mm. and rebuilt them all by emphasizing different features of Rex. But to me, they still look really different.
1: Yeah, but they might have had even more different going on. Because you can still wreck they still seem like they would be brothers. And they I'm, have
0: the same eyes.
1: They have the same eyes, except for uh poor wreckers missing one. Yeah, you know. And they also are uh, you know. There's a family relation, but not necessarily a clone relation that you see in them.
0: I was just thinking that I don't think not having depth perception probably slows record
1: down at all, so it's no. fine. No.
0: But they were not what I was expecting from the name.
1: No, what were you expecting?
0: When I heard the Bad Batch, I thought we were going to get this very lovable, bumbling group, like if like if C3PO was in clone form. I thought that was going to be the Bad Batch. Well, we like already they're, got the- Like, they're bad at their jobs, but we like them anyway. We,
1: we already got the D-Squad arc.
0: Yeah, I know. But well, that's just, <laughs> that's what I was expecting. And then that is not what the Bad Batch is.
1: The Bad Batch is the D-Squad arc for clones.
0: <laughs> like, their logo is a skull. And if they were music, they would be heavy metal. Yes, and they wreck stuff. Yes. And they are so good at their jobs. They're
1: scary, good. It's fun. It's but- fun.
0: Also, they're not very nice.
1: So, Crosshair in particular is a jerk.
0: Well, so they have this weird in-group, out-group thing with regs, Mm -hmm. who are the regular, I'm using heavy air quotes here, the regular clones. Yeah. And they seem to have this, like, chip on their shoulder where they're not like other clones, they're better than other clones.
1: Or they're bullied, you know, because they're definitely the out-group.
0: So even the way that Cody explains it, they have, quote-unquote, desirable mutations. Yeah. But he still calls them defective. Hmm. As if to say, Rex and Cody are the ideal, the platonic ideal of a clone. Yeah. And even though the Bad Batch is better at their job, they're less desirable.
1: There's, yeah, they're better at their job. And I think that by this point of the war, Cody, working closely with Rex, probably realizes, particularly in the wake of uh, the Battle of Umbara, that there's... A definitive use for high quality special forces clones when you're deeply outnumbered. Sometimes you just need to be like, I'm gonna, I only can afford four dudes.
0: Yeah, we talked a lot about this in the fives conspiracy arc. Yeah. Where fives is that kind of special forces, elite, specialized commando who can do a very difficult job all by himself.
1: And the Bad Batch is the kind of people who do that not even seconded to a Jedi. They got. They have their own ship. You call them, you tell them to be here at this time and solve this problem, and they do it. It's basically an all-in-one package.
0: So this brings up a question that I asked like 60 episodes ago when we covered rookies. Oh, my. Why create an army of clones when you could create an army full of the Bad Batch?
1: Great question. Uh, you know, that... What's interesting about that is it wouldn't be terribly much more effort to make, you know, a million Crosshairs and a million Hunters and a million Wreckers.
0: Right. Yeah. You have like the five flavors of clone, <laughs> <laughs> And then some 99s because we love him.
1: Yeah. And a bunch of, you know, Cody's and Rexes because sure. they're great too. Sure. It's probably a cost thing. It's probably a quality control thing. And it's probably related to the sifo mystery. Hmm. That... By making clones, it's easier to hide one fatal flaw inside all of them. Oh. Because if you had variation between them, then you would find the touchstone of like, how come they all have this weird thing that no one else has?
0: I guess you would also need five different training protocols. Like all the crosshairs would have to be doing a lot of sharpshooting yeah. and all the hunters would be learning how to be sexy <laughs> and
1: cool. All, all of the... All of the clones, like they do different things and they seem to have different skills. And some of them seem to have been more in line to be leaders when they grow up or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Having them programmed from birth is actually somehow even... Creepier? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was, as I posed the question, I was thinking to myself, it is a way to genetically enforce hierarchy where if all the hunters get the special sauce, you know, like you put your little hot sauce in the, in the batch and they Mm -hmm. get the leadership, then you're kind of dooming all of the wreckers and all of the texts to these inferior command or not command positions. Yeah. So actually that probably is a horrifying way to structure an army. To genetically impose inferiority and superiority on your troops. Yeah,
1: because what if you what if you're born in a wrecker body but you want to be a tech?
0: Oh, oh man! What if you're born as ninety nine and like you could be a general and no one lets you?
1: What if you're born in a tech body and want to be a wrecker? (laughs) 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 So the other thing with that would be the bad batch is a result of experimentation, right? And so that experimentation probably had a lot of failures. And these guys are left with the desirable, muta- because that's how evolution works. Is so the-
0: what are the undesirable mutations and what happened to those clones? They maybe that's where 99 came from.
1: Maybe. Or they become
0: like Okay, recycled. here's my headcanon. This is starbursting in my brain. Okay. What if 99 was one of the early experiments? That's why he is such an early number. Mm-hmm. And he had the quote unquote undesirable mutation where he had some physical disabilities, he didn't look as pretty, and he didn't stand as straight as the other clones. Mm-hmm. And the Bad Batch became Desirable Mutations. And 99 was like their like their house dad, yeah. you know? And so they look up to him and they're like, I'm so sorry that you didn't end up being in the batch that we were, mm-hmm. and you don't get to go out and fight, but we love you. Yeah. And we're going to name our cool commando troop after you. Yeah. Because you are an inspiration to all clones everywhere. Mm -hmm.
1: Which even Rex notices, right? Because Rex wasn't part of the rookies. He was a leader at that time. But he does recognize Clone Force 99, which implies that 99 was part of all. He's the house dad for all the clones in one way or the other.
0: Stop. Help. I'm crying.
1: So so 99 was the house dad for these clones and probably had a closer relationship with them because they're all like, we are something different. We're something special.
0: Yeah. What I love is getting to see the Bad Batch fighting alongside Anakin in a distant echo. They are 100P as efficient Mm -hmm. as Anakin. They are just as good as a Jedi Knight.
1: Yeah. at At killing droids, they are. Up there.
0: Like in terms of droid killing efficiency, we are at peak efficiency.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wildly impressive.
1: And even Anakin notices it. Anakin's like, <laughs> dang. It's like you guys
0: are making me obsolete. Yeah,
1: which is which is cool. This whole mission is interesting because you don't ever actually clarify if it's like a legal mission or not, because Obi-Wan is about to either give Anakin the go-no-go no go on the mission, like from the council when Anakin pops out and says, all right, see you later. Time's a waste. <laughs> Obi-Wan's like, say hi to Padme for me. And they don't actually determine if <laughs> Obi-Wan told Anakin if the mission's allowed or not.
0: Totally, yeah. They just scoot it off to do their thing.
1: And then taking just Anakin and three ARC troopers, he's like, yeah, we can do this. It'll be loud, but let's take the Bad Batch also. And now it's much more of a power scaling but they're so clean and efficient able to get so much done in such a hurry
0: oh they're the best
1: Mm -hmm. well we get a lot more of them so
0: yes yes So I have a question. Mm-hmm. How do you think Rex fits into the bad batch or doesn't fit into the bad batch?
1: Hmm. So one of the things that happens that's there's there's because like we went over the plot for these episodes pretty quickly, and this is another episode, like the Martez sisters episode, where I feel like we maybe should have watched all four episodes. Maybe. The first the one, one is super
0: jam-packed. The second one is a lot more leisurely in terms of plot.
1: Yeah, and then it ends on a sharp cliffhanger. So what we're left with is a lot of character building for The Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And we learned that they don't work a lot with rags. They <laughs> don't probably because their tactics are very unconventional. And those unconventional tactics wouldn't allow them to play nice with others.
0: And they have at least 82 distinct battle plans, which is a lot to train people on if you want to go work with them.
1: Yeah. The the trick there is that whenever they're working together, Rex and Hunter seem to get along quite well. Yeah. So, in a military command structure, Rex is a captain. He significantly outranks Hunter, who's a sergeant.
0: Oh, Hunter's a sergeant.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. But. Rex is like, we'll do it your way. We'll do the unconventional thing. And Anakin is also like, yeah, as far as battle plans go, whatever Rex says is right is probably right. He's actually better at these things than I am. I'm just a sword for hire, honestly.
0: So like, that's the big thing with Rex in this situation Mm -hmm. is Rex is experiencing a lot of complicated pressures on his character in this arc. Yes. First of all, he's grieving for all of his fallen clone brothers, Mm -hmm. grieving visibly. Second... He has a suspicion that one of his friends survived the Citadel mm-hmm. arc, which means he left a man behind. Yeah. And then, third of all, his most useful thing is how good he is at planning tactics. Yeah. And they're reading, the separatists are reading him like a book
1: before he comes up with them. His yeah.
0: most useful thing, his best thing about him is not able to happen for him. So yeah. he's like, I have to defer to the Bad Batch because they they know my mind.
1: Mm, so he's having like a crisis of confidence.
0: Totally.
1: Yeah, I see that. But Rex is able to recognize when a plan is supposed to go off, how it's supposed to go off. And he leans into the way the Bad Batch is going to do this plan. Because he's like, yeah, there's only like six ways we can do this. So we'll do it in the most unorthodox way that best utilizes the Bad Batch talents.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: so that's him and Jesse and Hunter at one end of a building and Tack and Wrecker and Crossword at the other or something like that. And they they delete a building by coming in the front, coming in the rear and making a mess, distraction, all this stuff. It's perfect.
0: They don't even break a sweat.
1: No. And it's some very cool scenes. It reminds me of the Christian Bale movie, Equilibrium, with Ooh. the Grammaton clerics. In that uh, Christian Bale, it's an action movie. And he learns this gun kata where he walks into a room and he shoots all the places where people are going to be. Whoa. So he does kung fu with his gun to, like, delete a room. And that's what these columns are doing in this scene. It's, a, it's a, a bit of a dodgy homage, but it's fun.
0: That's so cool. I was just thinking, I wonder if Rex would normally fit really well into the Bad Batch, but he doesn't fit right now because the separatists have his strategies. Or... Now he's in a really vulnerable place where he can defer to Hunter a little bit and maybe they would have clashed.
1: The other thing is that Rex is really good where he is. Yeah. As commander of the 501st under Anakin Skywalker. He is the tip of a spear that does big battles. Yeah. And he's not the kind of team, he probably hasn't run into the Bad Batch because if you're running a major massive siege, working for like Obi-Wan's Two Twelve. And Obi-Wan's like, I need some special forces, but Anakin's on the other side of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Cody's like, I'll take care of it. And he calls up the Bad Batch. Whereas Rex is always there with Anakin. And they're like, we are the special forces. You don't send us into these big sieges. You send us into something that needs initiative you need something you need something fast this
0: is a delicate operation yeah
1: so you don't actually need special forces on top of your special forces
0: mm.
1: brigade strength
0: that makes sense that makes sense yeah. they're two different specialized tools and they don't really need to work together
1: yeah because the bad batch is like a smaller version of anakin and rex and the whole 501st yeah
0: I was just thinking a lot about Rex, this arc, because he is going through this really deep emotional conflict about Echo. Yeah. And I know we complain a lot on this podcast and the fan base complains a lot about the Republic being corrupt and the Separatists know it. And so Mm -hmm. the Separatists are right. But the Republic is not keeping prisoners of war hanging around that we know
1: of. Yeah. Well, they do have prisoners of war but they're like Wat Tambor was a prisoner of war as was Poggle. Oh shoot. But they keep them around because they're they're high and they're always trying to take more prisoners of war but they don't like lie about it which is what Wat Tambor does.
0: Well, and they're not keeping prisoners of war in stasis chambers hooked up to weird cyberpunk matrix style yeah. Cable systems. Yeah.
1: They just keep them next to Zero the Hut, which is almost as bad.
0: Well, you know. It probably doesn't smell very good, but it's it's probably a lot more hygienic.
1: Especially after Cy's noodles got to him. <laughs>
0: Gross. <laughs> it's like we just saw Silman being a prisoner of War of the Pikes, yeah. which was horrifying. And now we've got Echo. So, um. Speaking of which, I feel like the second episode title, A Distant Echo, mm-hmm. Is very much about the distant Echo of Echo. Yeah,
1: he's wherever there. Echo, Echo. And it's funny because if you didn't know, like if you had no idea. I just
0: thought that was a really cool episode title.
1: Yeah, because it's great. But then you're like, wait, Echo's alive? Cool. We're
0: hearing the echo of Echo's thoughts across Rex's character arc. Mm -hmm. And literally. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I did go back and rewatch Echo's death scene Mm -hmm. in season three. I think it's episode 17. It's the middle episode of the Citadel arc. Mm -hmm. It is a lot more ambiguous than the first time that I watched it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Which means that this was set up for um, a minute.
0: Side note, season three was baller. I went back and I flipped through all the episodes. I was like, wait, this was a great time in the Clone Wars. The
1: Citadel arc is really good as a... We've talked about this a little bit. How there's the echoes of <laughs> there's the echoes of, <laughs> arcs, of arcs that we've hit before. Yeah, they are now distilled down to their core element. Mm-hmm. In a way, this is the Citadel arc all over again. Ooh, right?
0: Kind of. Yeah. They're. I mean, they're trying to get out of a sticky situation,
1: and you're bringing in a tiny little force.
0: Yeah. So Echo's death scene was actually really anticlimactic. Mm -hmm. When you skim through the episode, you get to that fight scene. So, you know, Anakin and Ahsoka and I think Obi-Wan and some of the clone troopers, they're all trying to get out of the Citadel. They've got uh, Admiral Tarkin and everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's almost a blink and you miss it moment when Echo dies. He has this ray shield. And he's on the gangplank, kind of, like, backing up into the shuttle that mm-hmm. our faves are trying to get onto so they can escape. And he draws the fire of the droid that's manning the turret, the tower that's keeping them from getting away. And then he gets exploded. Yep. And then the shuttle gets exploded. His charred helmet plinks to the ground. hmm And then nothing. Yeah. And he destroyed their getaway plan.
1: Yeah. And so then they have to do the whole third episode of that arc and come up with a completely different more bonkers getaway plan.
0: And I feel like I wasn't very emotionally impacted by that moment because it felt like such a cop out.
1: Yeah, especially because we've lost as of fives dying. You know, that's the whole domino squad. That's
0: the entire domino squad. That's all my faves.
1: Yeah. But now And hard case. And hard case. And a few more. But now we're left with, you know, maybe Echo is back and you can see why Rex is maudlin about this kind of thing. Cause it's, it's been a long war and he's made good friends.
0: Yeah. It just, it, you know, Echo had been promoted recently to arc trooper and it, his death scene was a moment where you're like, wait, why did you get promoted? Mm. Because it really felt like he was either just a plot mechanism to get to the third episode, or he made a big mistake. So maybe in some ways this, is, this arc is saying Echo didn't get a fair shake. He didn't finish his journey. He's got mm-hmm. more to do and more to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out. No, yeah. It turns out he's been in a pod the whole time. And now he's a like clone in a pod with a pod person.
0: Well, yeah. But this is honestly like a better case scenario than what the Bad Batch was expecting. Yeah. In the second arc, they're up like looking at the dragon keepers. And they're kind of ribbing on Rex about... Maybe your friend turned traitor. Maybe he turned us all in. Like, maybe he turned over mm-hmm. to the separatist side.
1: Yeah. Crosshair gets way up in his business.
0: Yeah. And so it turns out that Echo doesn't remember anything after he died, ostensibly. Mm-hmm. We thought he died. And they just plugged a shunt into his brain, and they've been siphoning information out of him ever since. Yeah. He's not a traitor. He's just a tool.
1: Yeah. Which, in a way, is worse. Yeah. You know, being used for your enemy without being even cognizant of it is terrible.
0: Yeah. The last thing I want to say before we get to Baywatch is not about Echo at all. Okay. It's just that Padme is Prego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it?
1: Well, we know she's pregnant eventually.
0: Well, I haven't seen Revenge of the Sith in many moons. Okay. So I forgot.
1: Okay. She's Prego.
0: She's Prego. Anakin doesn't.
1: No notice. notice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's holding her distended belly, and he's like, I want to talk about my problem. She definitely
1: looks at least second trimester.
0: Her cheeks are pretty full. Yeah. She's got, you know, a convex stomach. Mm hmm. She's Prego.
1: She's Prego. And Anakin doesn't notice, but Anakin's apparently been out there for a long time on these sieges.
0: Yeah, they actually have a very sweet conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, We did a Leftovers episode on our Patreon, some bonus content after the Ahsoka Jedi Temple bombing end of season five arc. And we talked a lot about how Anakin doesn't have anybody who really listens to him and draws him out of his shell. We forgot about Padme.
1: (laughs) Well, wow. even if she does, I feel like she has to only do it at a comfortable remove or, a move or a distance. Like he's, a, she's able to be kind and loving towards him when he's halfway across the galaxy.
0: That's that might be true
1: because he is so physically dangerous and imposing.
0: Yeah, she is very compassionate and very loving with him yeah. in this conversation. He's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that this siege of the Outer Rim planets was going to take so long. And she's like, yeah, that's why they call it a siege. Yeah. She's like, what did you think you were going to do? Solve it single-handedly? He's like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> she's like, I see you. I know you. I read you like a book.
1: Yeah. Would and you, it's nice. It is nice. It's a nice moment. It Because the whole of season seven is a setup for episode three, mm-hmm. it... Is bittersweet.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of animation and character look changes yeah. to get everyone in line with Revenge of the Sith. Anakin's hair is shaggier. Avi, mm-hmm. his clothes are darker. Yeah, everyone got wide sleeves. Obi Wan got wide sleeves. Anakin got wide sleeves. Mace Windu got wide sleeves, bringing them like more in line with the robes that they're wearing in Episode Three. Yep. Anakin's clothes got darker. One big change that I noticed was that the eyes are different in Season 7.
1: They are smaller, and Obi-Wan had a lot of wrinkles.
0: And he had a little bit of silver fox silvering mm-hmm. at the temple. Yeah,
1: to make him look more like Ian McGregor in, yeah. in Episode 3.
0: This is also wild fact. Season 7 is the first time that they gave Mace Windu eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is it, wild. It
0: says it right there on the notes. Huh. <laughs> they just never did.
1: I mean, the last time we spent a lot of time with Mace Windu, I guess, was actually with Jar Jar in season six. So that was relatively mm-hmm. recent.
0: Quite recent.
1: But maybe because he would have been the only person on the whole planet with eyelashes, they decided to not <laughs> give it to him.
0: I'm sure beautiful Queen Julia has luscious eyelashes and we just didn't notice. Possibly. Probably Jar Jar did. Because he was all up in her business. Probably.
1: <laughs> Probably.
0: Anyway, I did zoom in on all of the animator's notes and I read all of them, and there are some very cool little changes. So I, I thought those were neat.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: liked them. I love these episodes.
1: Yeah. It's. It's been a lot of fun. The Bad Batch TV series is a ton of fun as well, and I'm I'm really excited for it. And it's come I mean it's our next thing after episode 3 because it happens basically concurrently.
0: Yeah, this got me excited. I was like, "God, we're going to do another two-season animated Star Wars show." And I'm like, "Oh my god, we get to do another two-season animated Star Wars show about
1: clones <laughs> for the rest of our lives."
0: Yay! <laughs> Good stuff.
1: Well, I think it is time to decide which of the Bad Batch is your favorite in Bad Batch Watch.
0: It's time for Bad Batch Watch! It's time for Bad Bad Batch Batch Watch. Watch!
1: Bad Batch!
0: Of the Bad Batch.
1: Of the, well, no, you start this time. If it's if it's of the bad batch, I gotta hear.
0: Well, I was gonna say, of the bad batch, who's your goodest batch?
1: My goodest batch of the bad <laughs> batch. Well, my Baywatch pick is not a member of the Bad Batch. Really? Yeah, it's gotta be Rex.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Okay, well tell me why. Well clearly I'm processing. Yeah, this. it's it's
1: a Rex story. <laughs> yes. This is this is the story for Rex of his character growth, his Coming to terms with the soldiers he's lost, mm-hmm. coming to terms with saving one of them, going through that hero's journey of taking the call for action mm. and picking it out and and calling in some favors, presumably, be, to be like, hey, Anakin, I need, like, some extra muscle. Can you provide?
0: Yeah, he literally heard the call. He mm-hmm. heard CT-1409 and yeah. he's like, that's my call.
1: Yeah, and called in favors from Cody, called in favors from Anakin. He had to keep some secrets to himself because Mm -hmm. he was worried that he was going to sound crazy. Mm -hmm. He really was dealt a tough hand in this one. And then as we spoke about, he had these crises of confidence. Mm -hmm. He had a long dark night of the soul because this whole time he has been being defeated on his own turf with his own tools. Mm. And he says, they're doing plans that only Echo and I know about. And so he has this confidence in Echo being alive, and that is what is bringing him to the end. And everyone else, all of the clones and Anakin are trying to say that's not how it is. And he says, yes, Echo is alive. I know it. And he He gets the end and echoes alive.
0: Gosh, this is such an archetypal clone story. Like this is what Fives went through, right? When Fives had a big thing that he needed people to believe and they wouldn't Mm -hmm. believe him. And Rex was one of the people who wouldn't believe him. Yeah. And now Rex is standing right where Fives stood. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I know something in my heart and I, whether I can get people to believe me or not, I need to make this happen. Yep. Wow, that's really beautiful. It rhymes. It
1: rhymes. So at least this arc is a Rex arc. Okay.
0: I'll give it to you. That's a good one.
1: Out of the Bad Batch, who's your favorite Bad Batch and why is it Hunter? (laughs) Oh, my
0: God. Stop reading me like a history (laughs) book, Sam. It's embarrassing. No, my first instinct was actually to make it clone 99 again.
1: He didn't even... He's been dead for four seasons. He
0: sacrificed himself to save Kamino. He was the house dad. He's an inspiration to every clone everywhere.
1: Okay, honorable mention.
0: Honorable mention to Clone 99 because I have heart eyes for him. But okay, Sam, (laughs) it was Hunter. You are correct. Why
1: specifically Hunter? Because out of the Bad Batch, I think Wrecker is the most charming one. Well,
0: Wrecker's not charming to me. Yeah. Maybe this is a gender differential. It's Hunter because Hunter is deeply tuned into himself. Mm. We find out that he has these cool heightened senses. He can sense electromagnetic, you know, waves coming off of computers, which is actually very cool. And he breaks up most of the fights that are happening between mm-hmm. Rex and the Bad Batch. And he never doubts that he is their leader and yeah. he never doubts that he knows the right way forward, but he's kind to Rex. He listens to the reg. He includes Rex in his plans mm-hmm. and he's willing to try Rex's strategy on when they're ringed around the cyber center. Hunter's like, how would you do it? Would you pick them off from treeline? And Rex is like, yeah. And Hunter's like, okay, we'll do that. And then Rex is like, no, I want to try it your way. Mm -hmm. So he's not so stuck in his role as a leader that he can't be flexible and let someone else shine as well. Yeah. And I think that is a really fascinating way to be a leader is to delegate and empower others.
1: He is the sergeant. That is the role of a sergeant in a military thing, often like a platoon size thing, would be run by a lieutenant and a sergeant. So the mm-hmm. sergeant is the non-commissioned officer. So that's the highest-ranking enlisted person. Mm, okay. And then the lieutenant is a commissioned officer. And so the sergeant is pretty much at the height of their career at that point. Yeah. But they're also often... Older and more seasoned and wiser than the lieutenant. And so there's this relationship between the lieutenant as part of the large hierarchy. But when push comes to shove, everyone listens to the sergeant. Mm. Because the sergeant is the veteran of the battles. With the boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. And that's what role Hunter takes.
0: I just think he's so cool i love his voice it's so soft and i read some notes from d bradley baker and d bradley baker said that he talked around hunter's voice Mm. as if it were coming from this like mountain lion in a cave Mm. like there was so much thought and love that went into that character and i find it really fun and cool to watch he's not like any other person we've met in star wars he's like a ranger
1: yeah yeah and
0: you know me i love rangers
1: we watched the extended edition of fellowship of the ring in theaters the other week and i was like
0: oh. it just reminded me why vigo mortensen was my og movie crush <laughs> <laughs> hunter is that yeah. yeah it's hunter
1: cool it's cool Having watched Bad Batch, the TV series, more recently than this arc, uh, I'm really happy in the direction their character growth goes. It's The industry has put a lot more effort into making interesting, complex, character-driven, animated stories as a result of the Clone Wars. Mm. And what's great about Season 7 is it is those same fruits being harvested by the Clone Wars itself because the initial Clone Wars was the one that started it all off. And now, years later, we're coming into getting all of these wonderful things that have come and turning into a really cool story. And that's what they get.
0: They finally got to benefit from all the work they did. Yeah. Amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm super excited. The end of this one is a hoot and a half. And then we're going to go into the Siege of Mandalore. And holy cannoli, that's going to... That makes me tear up every time I think of it. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to cry like a bebe. baby.
0: Okay, well, me too. Yeah. Twinsies. Yay. <laughs> so next week, we are finishing the chat batch arc. Mm-hmm. We are covering Season 7, Episodes 3 and 4, On the Wings of Kira Dax, and Unfinished Business.
1: Oh. Which is
0: also the name of my favorite Star Wars Outer Rim expansion, which is a great board game if you've never tried it.
1: So the only Star Wars Outer Rim expansion. <laughs>
0: That doesn't mean it's not great. (laughs) As always, you can find us on social media. We are Growing Up Skywalker on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find us at www.growingupskywalker.com. And if you want more Skywalker, you can become one of our patrons. Just check us out on Patreon and monthly memberships to support us start at $3 a month.
1: And send this to the... Ranger, soft spoken, sexy, smooth type in your life.
0: Oh my god, and then send me their number. <laughs> hey! <laughs> and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. <laughs>